The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Welcome into Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. It is Monday, April 3rd. Yes, we are with you on Mondays this season. If you've yet to find out the news, Payoff Pitch coming to you three days a week, Monday, Tuesday, and Friday during the baseball season. We look forward to having you with us throughout the spring, summer, and into the fall. Today, myself, Brendan Glasheen, joined by Sean Zarillo, and B.J. Cunningham to break down today's slate, couple of afternoon games, and then a bunch going on this evening. Rate, review, subscribe. We'd greatly appreciate it. We are presented by BetMGM. So, folks, all of our, the lines that we reference on the show, if, if we reference lines, we're, we're looking at BetMGM for a payoff pitch. Just go out there and try to have fun, you know. You know, having fun is the name of the game. Hey, you trying to make an ass of me? Get on that back! <laughs> Zarillo, I'll go to you first. We'll start with best bets. And uh, as, as we like to normally do, Sean Zarillo, throughout the baseball season this year, opening pitch, his new column, his daily column will be available on the Action Network app, actionnetwork.com. What jumps out to you on the slate today for a best bet? I was prepared to say a rare 15-game Monday slate, but it looks like we have 15-game Monday slates for at least the next two Mondays. So typically an off-day getaway day where teams are traveling to different cities, but we are getting a loaded 15-game slate and a lot of potential options for where to go. But my favorite bet is the Baltimore Orioles, particularly on the full game money line, but I like them in both halves. You could play their first five money line to plus 116. Their full game money line just a bit lower to plus 113 is where I would set my cutoff price target. A lot of this matchup comes down to how close you project Kyle Bradish and John Gray. Because in terms of the bullpens, the defenses for the two teams, see those as relative washes. The Orioles are the better team against right-handed pitching. The Rangers are a better team against left-hand pitching, so the Orioles getting the better of the splits on both ends of the offensive and pitching matchups. So, slight edge for Baltimore there. Home field advantage for Texas. Everything else comes down to the two starting pitchers. John Gray, 3.7 expected ERA last season. Kyle Bradish, 4.5 in his rookie year. But in terms of how I project these pitchers for 2023, 
I have them relatively comparable. Bradish four-pitch guy, massive potential, sort of come down to how quickly and how well he refines his command of that four-pitch arsenal, but he has multiple above-average offerings. I view him as a pretty comparable pitcher to John Gray heading into his sophomore season. So I projected the Orioles around a pick and price in this matchup. As I said, I like them down to plus 116 for the first five, plus 113 for the full game, but they are my favorite bet and my largest projected edge for Monday slate. There's some other underdogs we'll get to, but the Orioles probably my favorite. It's Baltimore, gentlemen. The gods will not save you. I will ask you because I saw you put this in the the app, the action app uh, ahead of time, and you got a way better number. It's at uh, a lot of places, 112. Between, it's hovering in that 112, 115 range. Is that okay with you, or do you change a unit size based on how you go about it? Yeah, I would, I would just reduce the unit size slightly. So I put three quarters of a unit on it. Uh, the numbers I got, which was above plus 130, I believe I said below plus 125 or something like that to reduce your unit size. So if it's an edge greater than about 4% for me, I'll bump up my bets a little bit. If it's between that 2%, 4% mark, I'll generally just stick a half unit on it. So that's why you'll see my unit sizes fluctuate ever so slightly. But yeah, in that plus 115 range, it would just be closer to a normal half unit bet for me. Okay, very good. BJ, what do you got for this big Monday slate? Yeah, I like the Diamondbacks for the first five innings. Uh, best numbers at plus 115, which you can find at BetMGM. Uh, Ryan Weathers is going to be on the mound for the Padres. He pitched three and two-thirds innings in the big leagues last season because he spent a majority of the time in AAA after he didn't had a, not a very good 2021 season, over a five XCRA. But let me read off his numbers in AAA to you, Brendan, here really quick. Please do. And this is, he had a 6.54 XFIP, a 4.17 walk per nine rate, a 2.27 home run per nine rate, and opposing hitters had a 325 average against him. And that was over 123 inning sample size. So he is a very, very below average pitcher. I'm not really sure why he's in the rotation here. The Diamondbacks were bad overall against lefties last season, but against left-handed fastballs, sliders, and change-ups, which are Weathers' three only pitches, they did have a 250 expected batting average and 330 expected weighted on base average, which is somewhere around the major league average. Ryan Nelson's going to be on the mound for the Diamondbacks. He was really good in three starts in the big leagues towards the end of last season. Went 18 innings, 2.24 XERA, 2.34 expected weighted on base average allowed. He's a heavy, heavy fastball pitcher. And that's not really a big worry against the Padres because last season they were near the bottom of Major League Baseball against fastballs, minus 21.9 run value, and especially against right-handed fastballs. They only had a 239 expected batting average and 328 expected one expected weighted on base average. So I'm not sure how long Weathers is going to go. He might only see the lineup one time uh, and they might just get him out of there. But given how bad his numbers were in AAA, and the fact that Nelson's ERA, if you look at a lot of projection models, projects about a half run lower. Uh, I don't think there's any reason why the Diamondbacks should be sitting at this high of a dog. So I like them for the first five innings at plus 115. So can you explain to me why they're doing this? Like I know Darvish is hurt or part of me, Musgrove's hurt. Why are they, why are they doing this game four into the year, three and in, three into the year? That might be a question for Sean Zarillo because I am not sure, honestly. Hmm. All right. I know it's a long season. Two, they're two and two, but it's early. Why are they pitching this guy? This he's not even listed in their rotation. They're already doing the bullpen day thing. I guess so. Yeah. So uh, definitely the Musgrove injury. He's also twenty three years old, former first round pick. So they see some something there, right? 
but they brought him up two years ago when their pitching completely fell apart. They had to stick him on the 40 man roster. I haven't looked at their 40 man. I'm not sure what other starting pitching depth they have, but I would imagine it just comes down to he's already on their 40 man roster. They don't want to add somebody else to the 40 man roster. So he's available and they probably only need him to start once. It seems like Musgrove is progressing pretty quickly. So I'd imagine Weathers is just going to get the one start, maybe a second one, and then get sent down and replaced by Musgrove. But yeah, probably just comes down to them not wanting to add another player to tie up their 40-man roster, and they're just using what they have available. Gotcha. Your best ability is your availability, Brendan. Yes. Padres coming into the year, six-man rotation was the plan. They they call, just reading up on the in the San Diego Union-Tribune, that Weathers is considered as one of the leading candidates of what would be called the next six. Hmm. So, the next six. That's what uh, BJ is uh, fading today with, with the D-backs yep. in the first, the first. You know, and I think they would hope, too, that they can get him enough innings this year, right, where they may be able to develop something to the point where come playoff time, not going to be necessary in the rotation, but maybe he's a bullpen fireman and can turn over a lineup once as a lefty. So you see a lot of these teams, the Cardinals, they bring up young pitchers through their bullpen, try to work on stuff, but it's really just about getting guys innings so they're ready for the end of the season. The Padres, we talked about, they're a very safe team to make the playoffs, just given the talent level they have. They should make the playoffs more than 80% of the time. So getting their guys ready for the end of the season is part of their player development strategy in season. That's fair. Oh, I hear you. I, I, I wish the young man luck. I just couldn't believe to see, like they have all these names they acquired in the off season. And they go into this kid and the first run through the rotation. Let's find out if we're going to fade the public today. The public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? The Yankees are at home hosting the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies just got swept by the Texas Rangers on the road, money coming in on New York, 84% of the bets, 77% of the dollars on the Yankees. Zarillo, are the Phillies, I know the Phillies win totals and uh, off to a good start. The, the win total under, that is, is off to a, a good start. But uh, do the Phillies have a chance to bounce back? What, what are your thoughts on this particular matchup based on where the money's coming in? Yeah, I'd lean to the Yankees' first five in this matchup. Nestor Cortez, a guy who my model was pointing me to bet on during his initial ascension in the Yankees' rotation. I think the market caught up with him last year, but he generates a lot of weak contacts. He's a guy who, on his strikeout numbers, I think the market sort of missed. But on StatCast data, if you were paying attention to more advanced metrics, he was a guy that you would have been on. Uh, Taiwan Walker, seemingly a different guy every half season. If you look at his career splits, Hard to know where he's at coming into this year, but his spring training numbers and his WBC numbers performance was not all that encouraging. Didn't love how he looked. Could have just been getting ready for the season, so it's tough to discount him too much. But if you can get minus 152 or better, I prefer minus 150 is a nice even number on the Yankees' first five. I think that is a fine bet. Otherwise, I'm happy to pass here. Playing about half the board, I would say, on a day-to-day basis, it looks like thus far this year, just worth commenting. I feel like the market has tightened relative to the past couple of years. I'm curious if BJ thinks the same too regarding his model and when he's checking these games each day, but I feel like we're playing roughly one bet for every two games, whether that's a side or a total or a first five, what have you, but it seems like for every 15 games, we're playing about seven or eight bets so far. Yeah. I mean, like to speak to that, I, I, I go through it. I hear like I have, I'm just looking at like my edge screen. I have, 
for full game, like I have like two or three like edges on the board right now, given where the odds are at right now. And then even for like totals, like full game totals, I don't really have much value anywhere. So I agree. The market is tightened. First five, I'm still working on a couple different things. So uh, I'm showing a little bit more edge on money lines there. So like to Sean's point, like I have the Yankees at minus 156 for the first five innings. So I'm maybe a little bit lower on Nestor Cortez. And it really just comes down to, I think, what you think of Taiwan Walker. Like like Sean mentioned, he did not have a good spring training or WBC. And last season, for the first time in his career since we introduced StatCast data, he had an XERA under four. So do you project him to actually go forward as a under four type pitcher or is he the Taiwan Walker that goes near, more near a four five? So if he's more near the four five, then you could potentially show some value here on the Yankees. But again, the Phillies were really good against left-handed pitching last season. So uh, for me, I'm, I'm a Sean. I'm also uh, passing on this game. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Only must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidence help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Let's move on to underdogs of the day. Uh, where's my dog? Uh-huh, where's my dog? The Diamondbacks, Zerillo, are a team you're targeting. You get another one as well. Yeah, I think BJ and I are in agreement as to two dogs we really like on this card. So I'm going to talk about the D-backs and Reds, and then BJ is going to continue talking about the Reds. So BJ mentioned the Diamondbacks matchup. Uh, Ryan Weathers, we talked about extensively now. But Ryan Nelson is a guy I like a lot, three above average pitches. I view him as a vastly superior starting pitcher. The Padres have the advantages in the bullpen. And offensively, the Diamondbacks are a clear-cut top three or top five defensive and base running team for me. You saw them wreak havoc on the base pass yesterday against Noah Syndergaard, who is the easiest guy ever to steal off of. But that probably ultimately won them the game. Corbin Carroll stealing three bases. We talk extensively about McCarthy, Carroll, Alec Thomas, Kettle Marte. They have a lot of speed on this team, and they're going to frustrate teams who do not have catchers who could throw people out or who cannot hold runners. The Texas Rangers, very much the same too. If you watch their series with the Phillies, but 
Arizona, first five down to plus 111, full game to plus 124. Both of those bets for me on top of the Orioles, as I mentioned, my favorite bet, my favorite underdog bet. Another underdog I really like, though, and BJ will get to you in a second, the Cincinnati Reds. I would play them on the full game money line down to plus 102. I also see value on their first five line. I will get to that more in a minute because I think there's a better play to play it. But in terms of the Reds specifically as a side, uh, they project better for me against lefties than righties. So they're getting the better of the splits matchup against Drew Smiley. I also project Connor Overton as a slightly superior pitcher to Drew Smiley. So I actually give the Reds a starting pitching advantage. The bullpen, surprisingly to me, are pretty close. Chicago, the better defensive and base running team. Cincinnati, much worse. But even factoring that in, given the red splits, I actually see value on them. As I said, down to about plus 102 in the first half. There's also values on the over and the Reds' first five in this game. Those sort of correlate to another way to play the Reds. But I want to let BJ go away. Go go ahead, I should say, and <laughs> give his take on why go he likes away. the Reds today as well. Yeah, go away, go, BJ. Go away. Go ahead. Please go away, yeah, BJ. I mean, Kindly leave. I mean, Sean. I mean, Sean mentioned it. I mean, Connor Overton. You know, if you look at expected ERA from last season, was a better pitcher than Drew Smiley. Drew Smiley did overperform by a little over half a run, three point four seven ERA versus a four point one seven X ERA, and now he's thirty three. So he projects to be more of a four five ERA type pitcher by pitcher by most projection models. And Connor Overton, you know, it was only a 33 inning sample size, but 3.41 XCRA, 312 expected weighted on base average allowed, 251 expected batting average allowed. So he was a halfway decent pitcher for the Reds last season. He's got a five pitch arsenal that he, he can use each pitch at least 12% of the time. So he can mix his pitch as well against the Cubs lineup. And the Reds, you know, like Sean mentioned, they were much better against lefties than they were against righties last season. And with Drew Smiley, you're going to get a ton of curveballs. That's his main pitch. It's why he's been successful. Well, the Reds were about average uh, in Major League Baseball against against curveballs last season. Uh, I'm going to go over the first five, uh, plus 105. I project the Reds at minus 111 for the, for the first five innings. The only reason I'm doing that is because the Reds' closer, Diaz, has pitched the last two days. So I don't know if he's going to be available potentially today. Um, and that scares me with the rest of the Reds' bullpen uh, beyond him. Uh, but Mark Leiter Jr. is also not going to pitch for the Cubs. He's pitched the last two days as well. So he's been actually actually one, projects to be one of their better bullpen guys as well. So two of the better better relievers in each bullpen are out for this, this game. So uh, I'm going to target the Reds for the first five uh, because I do not really – I mean, I've already bet the Reds uh, at a full game at a better number, which has come down now. Uh, but for the Reds for the first five to avoid – a Diaz-less bullpen, I think, is a better play here. After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the blink of an eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the winner is Cincinnati by 200 points. Why, you worthless hunk of junk? Feels like luck might be more on the red side this April, based on how it went last year. Yeah. Yeah, it could be worse, right? <laughs> Happy they're off to a, a two-and-one start. I, I mean, seriously, like maybe the... That is that is something to keep in mind. We talk. You, you guys have your 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 models and you you make your adjustments and you run through things. I would imagine that the Reds altogether weren't very lucky in terms of their expected numbers versus their actual numbers, but maybe it, maybe it comes around for them in the in the in the month of there's, April. I mean, there is no team that's bad enough in Major League Baseball to go three and 12, 22 and have it actually be like justified. Honestly, yeah, that, that right, that's true too. I mean, <laughs> that's that's yeah. They're actually bad. That's the problem. They're bad. They're just not three and twenty-two bad. Yeah. That's what the what that's what it was. <laughs> All right. So let's go to our uh, final bets for this Monday. And I have a one more for the road. Zarillo, you talked about the Reds too. You've got uh 
couple more plays. So does BJ, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, so BJ likes the Reds for the first five inning. I do as well. Um, but I think there's actually a better way to play it because I like the both the Reds and the first five over. So when I see the double edge right on a side and a total within the same half, typically you will find a correlated edge on the derivative team total that is bigger than the individual edges on either the money line or the total themselves. The Reds first five team total over one and a half runs. I bet that at minus 145. I like it all the way up to minus 160. You could also bet it at two minus 120 projected it closer to 2.5. So if you got even a 2.5 plus 120, I'm okay playing that as well. Probably closer to plus 130 than plus 120, but a bunch of different numbers you could bet it at depending on the juice. I just think given my projected edges for both the Reds money line for the first five and the first five over the bigger edge on the Reds first five team total, just the way to go about it. But no issue playing either the first five over four and a half to minus 115 or the Reds first five money line to plus 101. Those are all viable bets. Just given the price targets I gave out on the team total, I sort of set them at a boundary where you would be betting them at equivalent numbers to the best available number for either the money line or the total itself. So just in terms of how I analyzed that game, I thought it was interesting. Brendan, I I brought up the MMA analogy on the last podcast too. I just want to compare it to when I show value on a fighter's money line, the over in a fight and the fighter's decision prop. I just take the decision prop for the fighter because the correlated edges on the over in the money line generally going to lead me to a bigger edge on the decision prop. So sort of the same thing that ties in, find those derivatives that match up with the edges you're already projecting. Other games left on board for me, the pirates and the Red Sox over nine and a half. I believe this was the only total that I bet. Um, the pirates offense, I think is a little bit underrated. I know they struggled to score last year. O'Neill Cruz just seems so much more mature this year. Everybody's looking at him like he's a star and he's acting like a star. I know that's a little weird to say, but the energy around Cruz and that Pirates team, they're all looking at him like he is a superstar. It seems like there's a maturity level, a leadership level with him that has grown. Uh, but they added Andrew McCutcheon in the offseason. Carlos Santana brought Chihon Bay from overseas. I like the other bats in their lineup. Cabrian Hayes, Jack Swinski had a lot of homers last year. So, uh, Cannon Smith, the Jigma too, was one of, I believe, two rookies by one projection system who actually projected as above average rookies this year. They're fairly deep lineup. Um, the Red Sox, I think, are also just going to be an over team all year. You saw that series with the Orioles. They have a good offense. Their pitching is sketchy. So a lot of these Red Sox games, I think, are being going to be high scoring. I like the over nine and a half in Boston today up to minus 105. And then lastly, a team who I bet in both halves, a team who I've been low on. Oh, offseason with the Chicago White Sox, first five and full game. First five to minus 135 is fine. Full game to minus 125 would be my cutoff. The gap in projected ERA, model weighted ERA for me for the two starting pitchers is not that drastic. It's less than half a run. And I actually view the White Sox as a better offense against righties than lefties, but I still see an edge on them in both halves. So that surprised me given I don't really see any sort of drastic differential in any aspect of the matchup, but altogether it's a bigger edge than I was expecting going into it because I'm very low on the White Sox this season. So there's something with the, the Giants defensive base running metrics. They don't have a single hitter position player that projects as an above average defender or base runner for me. And that is very concerning. I, I guess they guys are closer to average base runners, but not a single above average or even average defender on that roster. So the Giants on a game to game basis, a team I'm going to be going against. I imagine a lot this season, just based on, the first four or five days of projections, but White Sox minus 135 at five minus 125 full game. 
That would be the end of my bets for Monday. I think I'd have a bet on the Twins' first five, too, though, that I just didn't include in there. BJ, you as well have a case for the Orioles first I five do. full game. If you want to echo some of what, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like what Sean meant. I'm just gonna echo basically what Sean mentioned. It's basically what you think of Kyle Bradish. Uh, you know, he obviously pitched a little better towards the end of last season. So, uh, you know, I grabbed the Orioles a little earlier, like Sean mentioned. I have them at plus one fifteen for the full game, plus one ten for the first five innings. So, just showing a little bit of edge there. The other game I'm targeting that Sean just mentioned, the Twins first five which is now down to minus 125. I project them at minus 152 for the first five innings. Yep. Tyler Male, uh, big time uh, positive regression candidate, 4.4 ERI last year, 3.49 XERA. That's actually the third straight season. He's been under a 3.8 expected ERA. So obviously a lot of the stack cast numbers shows that he is uh, w- well above average pitcher. And Johnny Cueto is going to be on the mound, Brendan. And he is now... 37 years old last season. He had a great season with the White Sox. One of his better seasons, honestly, uh, since 2016. He had a 3.35 ERA, a 4.02 expected ERA. He had a walk per nine right under two. Uh, he obviously doesn't strike anybody out really that much anymore, but he is somebody, I believe, with the pitch clock uh, is going to start to regress. He can't just mess with hitters' timings, take forever on the mound. He's got to be a lot quicker. So I think that's going to actually hinder him going forward. So uh, I think you're getting a, a pitcher who's in Male, who's at least a half a run, maybe 0.75 runs better than Johnny Cueto. So uh, I like the twins for the first five at minus 125 at bet MGM. I think the lack of shift hurts Cueto as well. Just the strikeouts right. being 5.8 per nine innings at this point in his career, 15% yep. strikeout rate. That is, that is so low considering the number yeah. of balls that are going to be put in play and the Marlins are not a good defensive team. Yeah. Our friend Charlie Desterco is also on uh, on Minnesota, and he mentioned he actually mentioned Quato's age in his little action write up. Mm. Also, for those interested, before we wrap up the show, Matt Mitchell is one of our audio producers here at Action Network, and I couldn't help myself, but I just popped open the old Twitter machine, and uh, Matt Mitchell from five minutes ago. Kids finally back in school after spring break. A fellow dad in full Brewers gear rolls up at 7.54 a.m. in a minivan. The boys are back in town on blast. That's all the handicap I needed. 1.10 p.m. local first pitch time. Brewers run line plus 177. Hashtag roll out the barrel. Brewers, Mets, first game of the day on this Monday. Roll out the barrel. We'll have a barrel of fun. Roll out the barrel. We've got those blues on the run. He's down on minus two and a half. What a coward. <laughs> That's just good help. What a coward. Enjoy the game, starting with Brewers and Mets at 110. Well, I think that's 210 Eastern. But anyway, that's the first game on the slate. For BJ Cunningham and Sean Zarillo, Brendan Glasheen, reminder, we're here every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday during the season. So uh, we look forward to having more. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMG. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.